It is my privilege this morning to introduce to you once again our partners now for about 10 years, I think. Nine, ten? It's been a while. Longer than that for Angela. Rejoice and Beatrice Indalima. They have come to us all the way from Tanzania to preach this morning. So rejoice. And I think I went to Tanzania the first time like six years ago, seven. I don't know. It's been a while. And so when we get pulpit supply, look, we go all out. We go all the way from Tanzania. I want y'all to listen to Rejoice today, and I want him to preach for y'all up a storm, just as I do when I get to go to Tanzania and preach there. The setting here is not quite as lovely. Uh, what's the name of those mountains we preach in? The Uruguru Mountains? Uruguru Mountains as the backdrop. People coming out from the villages to listen. And it's amazing. So I hope today that Rejoice will just have the freedom to preach to you what's on his heart to us. And remember this, uh, right now Christianity in America is on the decline. Christianity in Tanzania and Africa is on the increase. The heart and soul of Christianity in 20, 30 years is going to be African. And we're going to need them to come here and be missionaries to us. So we invest in them now so that they will return the favor. So Rejoice Come to us and preach, my brother. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Good morning. My name is Rejoice Ndalima. For those who are here for the first time or we have never met before, I come from Tanzania, East Africa. Uh, Tanzania has 55 million people. It's a big country. We have two biggest regions, Islam and Christianity. But when we say Christianity, we combine Catholics, Seventh-day Adventists, Evangelical Pentecostals. Catholics alone are 20%. So 31% are evangelical and Pentecostals. And 34% are Muslims. But also we have other small groups which uh, include maybe pagans, uh, Buddhists, uh, Hindus, people from different small groups. But we thank God that the church is growing and uh, the numbers that we have should be more than 31% now. And uh, God is really working, as my brother is saying here. We see people coming to Christ all the time as we share the gospel. Um, I don't have enough time to give you my whole testimony, but I'm going to just share with you a few things that I think is important for me to uh, let you know about. Um... In Tanzania, we do different kinds of ministries, but mainly now as I'm aging, I'm investing more in raising young, young generation, training pastors, uh, young people, but also uh, preparing future leaders. We have established a beauty church where uh, it's very close to the University of Dar es Salaam, and God has really blessed what we are doing now. We have people in, in the parliament, uh, government officials, some are lawyers. We have 
two university professors now in the church. We have doctors. We have, it's not a big church, but we thank God that we are able to prepare people to do different things for the country. But some of them, after they finish their education, they move to other parts of Tanzania, but they are making a difference in the government system. We are blessed to see what God is doing. So we do training for pastors. We establish a training program. We train pastors for three years. Uh, we started that in 2008. No, 2010, so we have now eight years doing that. We just had another graduation, but we also do evangelism. When we say evangelism, uh, sometimes we do witnessing, but the main method we use there, we call it crusades. We announce to people, we put posters, put, announce in radio and newspapers, and we put a platform, an open field, my brother preached in one <laughs> a couple of years ago, but we do that around the country. I travel a lot in Tanzania. I don't have a vacation over there. We, we, we see God changing lives. Uh, it's, it's amazing how God can touch. We see Muslims coming to Christ, pagans, Catholics. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a blessing to see God working. But also we minister to the needy, like the orphans and the widows. We have a lot of orphans because of AIDS. People are dying all the time. So we also try to do that. Um, our mission team comes once a year under the leadership of Sister Angela Bovi. She's our director of RHMI here in the States. But last year they didn't come. But when they come, we normally uh, offer services to the widows and the orphans. But we want to establish a way that we can continue doing that regularly, at least once a month. We've been praying about establishing a system where we can uh, minister to do. Like uh, the widows, they need not just things. They just need a word of encouragement. They just need um, some things that can help them to sustain their lives, uh, programs that will help them get encouraged and not give up or join prostitution. So we are going into that now. Uh, very soon that will happen. So uh, we are doing a lot of things, and uh, we thank God that he's using us to reach out and touch those who are in need, spiritual and physical needs. So I'm here this morning. This is my last Sunday, so I'm going to put my, myself out. Please buckle up. <laughs> if I, I use the Tanzania style, just bear with me, but I love you, and I'm thankful that um, God has connected us for a divine purpose. In Tanzania, we speak 126 tribes. My tribal language is Nyakusa. Each tribe is different. We have different dialects, but also we have Swahili. Swahili is our national language. Almost everyone can speak Swahili. But in some remote areas and villages, uh, there are people who cannot even speak Swahili. They speak their tribal languages. If I go to my village, I have to preach in Nyakusa. <laughs> One time I went to Mwanza in the village, 
and they don't know Swahili. So I had to preach in Swahili, and I had an interpreter to interpret in Sukuma. <laughs> so a lot of languages. But uh, we learn English as a subject, just like uh, um, Hispanic or Chinese. We are learning Chinese now, Germany, and other languages. So if you don't listen carefully, you may miss some of the things I'm saying here. But those who have been with us for a long time, like Angela, she doesn't miss a word. <laughs> she knows it all. I want Beatrice, my wife, to just come up here and say a word, then I'm going to preach the word. Let's welcome Beatrice Ndalima. Good morning. I'm Beatrice Ndalima, the wife to Rejoice Ndalima, the busy preacher. <laughs> I'm glad that you invited us to come today here, and uh, I'm here to welcome you to come to Tanzania too. Thank you for those who came six years ago, I think. Uh, the chance is still there. You are warmly welcome. I'm a mother of four children, two boys and two girls. Thank you so much. I love you. Very soon she'll be a grandmother. <laughs> Our firstborn is 26 now. The second one is 24. And uh, the girls are 20 and 14. So God called me into the ministry a long time ago. In my young age, I started preaching in 1982. But I became a full-time uh, full pastor in 1990. That's 20, 28 years ago. So it has been a while. But I'm thankful that God has sustained us in um, ups and downs. Sometimes we go through perilous situations. One time we were attacked by thieves with guns. They came to kill us. But by the miracles of God, he protects us from harm and death. We are alive today because our God is alive. The Bible says he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or imagine because there is power that works within us. That power can change lives. That power can save and protect you. You don't see it by your naked eyes. It is uh, invisible. You don't see it. But God is working miraculously in our lives. So I challenge you tonight, uh, this morning, that uh, you believe God beyond what you're going through because he loves you. He brought you here for a purpose. It is not in vain. I want to read a scripture from Matthew chapter 16, a very familiar passage but I want us to ponder on these two that Jesus asked his disciples. Matthew 16, beginning verse 13. I'm reading from King James. When Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, 
whom do men send, say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of her shall not prevail against it. Father, speak to us this morning, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to ponder for a few minutes, my brothers and sisters, on this very simple and complicated question. It's simple and complicated. If you miss the whole meaning of who Jesus is, you've missed a lot. And you will not enjoy the blessings that God has prepared for his church. He said, I will build my church upon this rock. There are different interpretations. Catholics say he was pointing to Peter because Peter means rock. That's when everything started. They think the Pope is where God is building his church. You cannot question the Pope. And some think it is on confession. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Those who have studied church history, you realize that there are, there are a lot of confessions that church fathers made. And none of them, I appeal to you, and I'm convinced that none of those confessions can be the foundation of the church because these confessions change from one denomination to another, from one era to another, from one dispensation to another. But I'm convinced that Jesus was pointing to himself upon this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell should never prevail against it. Who is Jesus to you, my brothers and sisters? I want us to think about this. Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi and asked this question, 
Who do people say that I am? That was easy. Some say you are Jeremiah or Elijah. One of the prophets. That is easy to answer. But then he said, what do you say that I am? I've been with you three and a half years. You have seen my miracles. I've shared the word to you. You have watched and seen everything. I want you to tell me, who do you say that I am? Everybody was quiet. Then later, Simon Peter answers. He gets a revelation from God. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. This teaches me that knowing Christ is not by definition. It's not by what people say. It's not by our religious interpretations, but rather it is by the personal relationship of the revelation, the special revelation from God. There's no way you can know God until or unless he reveals himself to you. If he does not reveal himself to you, you will never know who he is. You may think you know him, that you don't know him. It is one thing loving Jesus, talking about Jesus, singing about Jesus, teaching about Jesus, even preaching about Jesus. That's one thing. It's a whole different thing when we talk about knowing him. If you know who he is, you will know how powerful he is to save people, even the outcast. That will help you not to give up on anyone. Because Joe, he can change lives. He can change people who are impossible. He changed Paul. He changed people who no one expected, anticipated that they were going to change. My grandfather had eight wives, 60 kids, a pagan, never knew anything about God. But one missionary came to that small village, and he learned my tribal language, Nyakusa. And he started preaching the gospel. My parents, my mother, my aunts, and my uncles, the people in the village, which doctors started to hear and listen to this preacher. They were convicted. The whole village changed. Paganism collapsed. Then later my father became a pastor. I'm standing here today because Jesus is able to change. If you really know who Jesus is, you will also know that he is in control of every situation that you encounter. Sometimes we go through a lot of dangerous situations, 
unfriendly situations, bankruptcy, sickness. You lose your job. Maybe you are divorced. Or you are suffering. You are sick. Things are going wrong. You try to touch this one. They don't go the way you expected them to go. Sometimes people start using drugs or they commit suicide because they don't see any future. They give up. Some even kill themselves. I know a person who ran away from his family. He just wrote a note that I can't take it anymore. This is too difficult for me. Uh, I don't have money. I don't have a job. I don't have anything. So now, don't look for me. He just left a note in the house and left. Left the wife and the children. And I know someone in my village who ran to Zambia for 40 years because of difficulties in his family. Sometimes things are very hard in our lives. But if you know who Jesus is, you hang on there. You sing praises like Paul and Silas in jail. They were mistreated, whipped. They're in a foreign uh, town. It is not their home. They don't know anybody. They prayed for the sick person, demoniac. She got healed, put in prison. They are locked inside, in chains, locked all the doors. The Bible says they began singing praises unto the Lord. It takes someone who knows the Lord to do that. Most people start complaining. Why are they doing this to me? Hey, friends, you don't solve your problems as a Christian by talking. We fight on our knees. A talking church is a weak church. A praying church is a strong church. If you know who really Jesus is, you serve him diligently. No one will push you to serve him. The pastors spend more time praying and preaching and teaching the word instead of just dealing with the little things. You call the pastor for trivial issues. Simply, it is because people don't know Jesus. So they want the pastor to know Jesus on their behalf and solve their problems. I have a story to tell. Pastors also have their own problems. Hello? If you know who Jesus is, you will also remember that he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So you take time to think about your own ego. You call ego in psychology. I hope you know what it is. Your own pride. You think you know better than so-and-so. Sometimes your brother or your sister asks you to do something, you don't do it. Or you do something wrong to your brother or sister, you do not apologize. If you know who God is, 
you'll be humble. You will also fight adultery of any kind. What is adultery? Idolatry is disputing anything on the place of whether it is your family, your title, your wife, your husband. Instead of going to church or serving him, you just, oh, my wife didn't want me to go to church, so you stay home. Oh, my kids want me to play soccer, so you stay home or just... Isaiah 42, verse 8, I am the Lord. That is my name. 42, 8, Isaiah. I will not give my glory to anyone and my praises to idols. If you know your God, you take time to give glory to him. Knowing God, Knowing Jesus is the key to victory. Philippians 3.10 That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made comfortable unto his death. That I may know him. This is the letter of Paul to Philippians. Knowing God Because he knew that if I know who he is and the power of his resurrection, then I will enjoy his blessings no matter what is coming in our lives or in my life, no matter what I'm going through. In Daniel 11.32, the prophet of the Old Testament in diaspora, in a foreign country, but those who know their God, 11.32, 32, Daniel. But those who know their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. Those who know their God. If the new covenant church would take time, would spend time who seek for the knowledge, for the revelation of Jesus, knowing who he is, what he wants, what he doesn't want. If every Christian here will do that, we will do exploits here in the States and around the country and around the world. God can use just few people. The Bible says when Paul and Silas were in Thessalonica, people heard about them. They said, these people who have turned the whole world upside down have reached Thessalonica. How many people? Just two. Just two people. Just two people. They sang praises in Philippi jail. The Bible says all the doors were opened and the shackles were loosed. All the prisoners were listening. You are in pain. You've been mistreated. And you still sing praises. How many Christians do that today? If you are mistreated, you don't have money, you are fired in your job, You are sick. 
you try to blame everybody. <laughs> if the church is not growing, we may try to blame our pastor. Maybe the deacons. Maybe blame the sound system. <laughs> the color, the fading <laughs> of the church. People look for something to, uh, to blame. You cannot solve any problem by blaming somebody. But we must do something. Friends, let's ponder on this question. Who do you really say Jesus is? You as a question. In order for us to know who he is, I suggest three things for us to work on. Number one, you must spend enough time speaking to him. That's prayer. I read a small book written by Bishop Doug Mills from Ghana. Very small book. I liked it. The title is, If You Think You Are Too Busy to Pray, Then You Are Too Busy. It takes priority. If you love God and you need him, you will make time for him. No matter how busy you are, how is your schedule? Maybe the family? If you need him to reveal himself to you, because in order for you to know someone, you must spend enough time with him, with this person. You cannot know somebody if you don't spend time with this person. When you bend your knees every day, speak to him. He will reveal himself to you. He will reveal in a way that words cannot explain. Your pastor cannot teach you. There are things that God reveals to us. There's no way anyone can explain. Because it illuminates your inner ears and eyes to see things clearly, not people like trees walking. If you think you are too busy to pray, then you are too busy. If you put Jesus on top of your priorities, you will find time to talk to him. Number two, read the manual daily. Read the Bible. Not just reading, but study the word of God. When you study the word of God, you will gain knowledge. In Psalm 119, verse 130, the unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. It will give you the light, the things that you didn't know. They will become clear to you. So you have to spend time to read the Bible, study the Word of God. But also, you have to listen to the voice of God and act upon it. In James 1, 22, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So we must exercise, we must put into practice what we have heard. 
God speaks to us in different ways. He speaks to us through his servants, preachers, pastors, evangelists. But also he will speak to us through his uh, quiet voice or low voice of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit will speak to you, whisper to your ears. But also he speaks to us through the events of life. Sometimes when we encounter some things, God is talking to us. He wants to get our attention. The question is, are we listening? Are we taking time to ponder and think about the actions or the events, the things that come our way, some things that even we don't like? God is speaking to us. Sometimes the unexpected messengers Children, strangers, ordinary people, etc., etc. If you love him and trust him, and if you are open to knowing who he is, he will reveal himself to you. Jesus is everything to us. Mentioning a few, he is the comfort to those who are in pain. He is the greatest physician to the sick. He is the savior to the lost. He is the greatest counselor to the frustrated. He is the captain of the armies of God. And he never loses battle. He is the king of kings to the rulers. He is the husband to the widows. He is the father to the fatherless. He is the living water to the thirsty. He is the bread of life to the hungry. He is the way to the lost. He is Jehovah Jireh, the provider to the needy. He is the fourth man who appeared to the three Hebrew boys. He is the true vine to the fathers, to the farmers. He is the wisdom of God to the prudent. He is everything. To those who trust him. He is the rock of ages. He is our refuge and sufficient help in the time of need. So we shall not fear, the Bible says. He is the everlasting and loving father. He is the holy one of Israel. He is everywhere all the time. He is all-knowing. There's no surprise with him. He knows it all. There's no accident with him. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or imagine because there is power at work within us. That is my God. I appeal to you, my brothers and sisters, who is Jesus to you personally? Are you trying to know him according to what people say? Are the things that happen in your life dictate your knowledge to God? Do you really know who he is? There's no way you can know him unless he reveals himself to you. And in order for him to reveal himself to you, you must be available. 
The Bible says, Blessed are the thirsty and hungry for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You are desperate all the time. You need him. Brothers and sisters, we need God for everything. Even little details, you need him. There's no way you can do anything without his help. I want you to think about this. Jesus asked his disciples, who do people that I am? There are several answers. Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Now how about you? They were quiet. It's amazing that they had with Jesus for three and a half years and they really didn't know who he was. And Peter received a revelation from God. One time Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you also want to leave me? He said, Lord, where do I go? You have the word of life. You have everything that I need. I am not going anywhere. I'll stay and stick with you. This is my message to you, my brother. I'm asking you to take time. Think about this. Do you know who Jesus is? The question sounds simple, but it's very complicated. Because you don't know Jesus by explaining or defining. But you know him by him revealing himself, who he is to you. And in order for him to reveal himself, you need to spend time with him. Listen to his voice. Do his will. Just open up. Let him reveal himself to you. Be available. Be willing. Be thirsty and hungry. Let him tell you who he is. He will do great things. Those who know they are God shall be strong. And they shall do exploits. And Apostle Paul says that I, will, I should know, I shall know, I need to know, I'm thirsty to know who he is and the power of his resurrection. There is a blessing when you know who he is. You will not get frustrated. You will also remember he is in control in every situation. I've seen God working in a different situations. One time I was traveling to Mwanza and we had a very bad car wreck. It was like 7 o'clock in the evening and the truck that I was in was turning over and it was going down the hill. And I called upon his name, Jesus. It was dark, but I saw a white person not a Mzungu, not an American. <laughs> you cannot explain how he looked like, but he was, his eyes was just glittering. He grabbed my arm and threw me to the other side. And that truck kept going down and killing people. I am alive today because my God is alive. He's able. 
in uh, 2008, I shared with you a couple years ago here. Thieves, robbers came with three guns in my house. It was 8 o'clock in the evening. They say, we have come to kill you. And they tried to shoot at me three times. They kept missing. And the gang leader said, this is the wrong place. Let's go. They left the house. Two years ago, a sorcerer, a wizard, called me. He said, Pastor, I was paid good money to bewitch you and kill you. But I've tried. As a result, those evil spirits are coming to kill me. So I have to find your cell phone number. And I'm calling you, asking for forgiveness. Please forgive me. Because otherwise, these demons are killing me now. In America, evil spirits are like a myth, but they are in the Bible. Evil spirits are working. They are working even here in the States. But people just don't know how to uh, uh, deal with them. When you see a young boy just shooting people in a home or in a school, those are evil spirits. That's the influence of the evil spirit. People behaving like animals. Those are evil spirits. Committing suicide. That's the power of darkness. Those are evil spirits. People just don't realize how the devil works. Our God is alive. We can take action. Bend our knees and open our hearts. Lord, renew my strength, my understanding, my commitment to you. And he is going to bless our lives. Let's pray. Father God, you are everlasting. You are gracious, merciful, miracle-working God. Unto you we cry, Abba, Father, knowing that you are our daddy and you love us dearly. This is a simple question. But sometimes we rush into giving answers, thinking that we know you. Thank you for challenging us just like Peter who received your revelation on who you are that you are in control of every situation reveal yourself to us now we need you more than anything bless our lives bless the church bless the ministry here in the states and in Tanzania use us Lord for your glory We need you more than anything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.